Welcome to the Modern Medicine Movement Podcast with Dr. Thomas Hemingway. Have you ever looked in the mirror and said to yourself, I thought I'd be healthier, in better shape, feel better both physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and be further along in my life? If so, come on this journey with my dad as he explores all things health and wellness from a holistic, medical perspective, even as a classically trained physician. He'll share integrative strategies to optimize health and inspire you to join the modern medicine movement. Welcome, 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 and aloha! Hey guys, what's up? It's a beautiful day in Hawaii. Super pumped, super grateful to be here with you for another show, another day of life, another time to learn, to listen, to grow, to apply, to just magnify our lives and just take this to the next level with our health. And oh, I'm just so grateful, guys. So grateful for you. Super pumped, super excited to be here. It's been a crazy week. <laughs> I'm on, you know, the late shift again at work, so I'm staying up late, but I've been, you know, doing everything to optimize my sleep strategies and it's helping, man. Before I was kind of <laughs> kind of sleep deprived and a little bit grouchy, as my wife might say, and uh <laughs> she was right. She's right. I li- I lived, you know, maybe 20 years in a little bit of a fog because I I didn't always optimize my sleep, but I've taken that as a priority recently. And for all about that, check out uh, the previous podcast uh, on sleep, 23, I think it is, and uh, so much out there to learn. And it's simple and largely free stuff. So today, oh, I am pumped again to share with you guys a topic that's uh, – I think super important and it's near and dear to me because it's something I've greatly benefited from and it's about my favorite mineral. <laughs> it's about the mighty magnesium and uh, oh, this is something that's helped me so much in my life um, in so many ways and it's just crucial to our lives. Can't wait to talk about it a little bit more, but before we just jump into it, I wanted to thank you guys, my listeners, for taking the time out of your busy lives and and really investing in yourselves and your health. And it's thanks for coming on this journey with me. I, I just so appreciate you guys. I wanted to give a shout out to um, uh, a review I just got uh, this past week on uh, Apple Podcasts on iTunes. It's from Sticky2020. Thank you, Sticky. Uh, he or she says, Lifesaver, five stars, exclamation point. This is amazing. This podcast is for you, all in caps. Thank you. Uh, says, my cousin suggested several times I listen to your intermittent fasting episode, but I didn't. Finally, I did, and I had to fight myself a little bit to put it down and continue on with my day because I just wanted to listen to all of the episodes <laughs> and take notes and journal about everything. Oh, cool. I love the experiences Dr. Hemingway shares and that they are relatable. Not to mention, I don't feel overwhelmed with facts or, quote, fundamentals, but a gentle nudge to do better, which is my favorite part, exclamation point. This podcast is for anyone and everyone. That's what I needed to start the cycle of improving my health. I feel included in something bigger than myself, yet individualized. 
I now listen to an episode every morning when I go on a walk. We have all those days, you know, I thought I was crazy at first because I wanted to keep my heart rate up and feel like I was pushing myself and I felt like I needed music to do so. Turns out I just needed something positive to listen to. And I'm learning of ways I can improve my life to better take care of myself. Thank you for sharing the way you do and for continuously wanting to learn. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was awesome. Awesome review. Thank you for letting me be a part of your day. I so appreciate you guys, the time you take to listen to these and really just uh, dig in a little bit and then use them for you, your family, your loved ones, share them and just make it a part of your life so you can live better and feel better. So thank you. And, and thank you for, you know, that amazing review. Please, guys, if you haven't done a review yet, I promise it'll take you, I mean, seconds, less, much less than a minute. You can go to uh, Apple Podcasts, scroll down to where the five stars are, click on the star farthest to the right, and then click on that little box that's down there. It has like a little check, you know, a little pencil coming off of it that you can click on and just write a quick review. Tell me what you're liking, what you've enjoyed. Um, I appreciate that, guys. I, I look forward to that. You know, as a physician for over 20 years, you know, it's those rare occasions when people send you like that really sweet little thank you note um, that, uh, you know, they appreciated something you did for them. Like, it melts my heart. I mean, honestly, you know, day in and day out, I am striving. I am doing my best to, you know, provide the, the patient care that I do, state of the art, and with love and caring and genuine concern. And as I share these pearls that I've learned, that's all I want to do is just, you know, positively affect you, impact you and in, in your lives and help you live better and be a little better than you were yesterday, a little bit better version of yourself and healthier version, hopefully, so you'll live long, <laughs> live long and prosper like my buddy Spock, right? So thank you guys. Thanks for the review. Please leave one if you haven't yet. And, um, Super pumped. We actually got a couple of amazing episodes coming up here in the short term. I got an amazing guest coming up on my next podcast, Dr. Benjamin Bickman. He's an incredible guy, just scientist and just so well-versed and super smart and bright in metabolism. He'll talk all about metabolism and insulin resistance. He's written a book on this. I can't wait to share that with you next time. This time, you know, it's one of my topics that's it's really, honestly, it's changed my life. Magnesium is so cool, so pumped, so excited to share with you. And, and just wanted you to know before we get started, if you haven't already joined my private Facebook group, it's free. I pretty much universally accept everybody. It's Modern Medicine Movement Health and Wellness Facebook group. I go live in there. I give pearls. You'll be the first to know about releases of new podcasts, new content. You can contact me through that group. You can send me questions, questions. Uh, ideas for future podcasts, whatever, feedback. I, I love it, guys. So look me up there. Look me up at Modern Medicine Movement Podcast. Also email me. I'm old school. I do email that way, Modern Medicine Movement Podcast at gmail.com and my website, Modern Medicine Movement.com. Uh, so without further ado, let's jump into magnesium a little bit. It's uh, really what I like to call the the master mineral <laughs> or the magnificent mineral. <laughs> it's, it's such an important mineral and it's actually 
probably the fourth most common, you know, by the amount we have in our bodies of all the minerals in our bodies and is super important because it's involved in basically life itself, like legit. If we did not have magnesium, like we would be dead. We could not survive without magnesium. The reason being is it's involved in so many biochemical pathways, processes, enzymatic reactions, you know, in the 19. 60s, they basically counted all the enzymatic reactions that they could find magnesium um, involved with, and it's usually what we call a cofactor for an enzyme. So it helps the, the enzymes, which are kind of like the catalysts of the reactions. Uh, if you guys remember from you know old school, high school, or, or middle school science and physics, there's this chemical reaction, and there's like this big hump that you got to you got to get over this big sort of energy hump and then whew, once you get down the other side then the reaction really gets fired up and and basically what an enzyme is instead of going all the way up this huge energy requirement it kind of like sneaks through the bottom and catalyzes the reaction so that it can happen much much quicker so f- for example an enzymatic reaction let's say the process of copying dna for example you know, we have thousands of genes in our body, and literally every day we have cells that are dividing. And part of that process is that prior to cell division, you know, mitosis, you guys have heard, heard of that, but prior to that, they have to duplicate or copy the DNA, right? The DNA is our blueprint. And so the cell, before it divides, it has to create a whole nother set of DNA, and that enzyme called DNA polymerase uses magnesium as a cofactor. And without that enzyme to catalyze or make this reaction happen really quickly, which literally can be, you know, something on the order of seconds, this can happen, or minutes, you know, depending on what reaction we're talking about, an enzyme will basically make that reaction speed up. And literally millions and millions of reactions are happening in our body every day. And without enzymes, these would not take seconds. They would take minutes, hours, years, or even this reaction to be able to preliminarize and copy all the thousands and thousands of genes we have, they suspect it would take, you know, somewhat on, I was reading um, from this uh, scientific journal and it was, it was talking about this and it said it would take, you know, maybe a billion years to actually run this reaction to copy all of the DNA in our bodies um, because each one is made up of nucleotide sequences, right? You know, the You've heard of the four common, um, you know, base pairs of, of DNA, right? DNA um, is composed of, you know, adenine, guanine, cytosine, um, and thymine. And, and these are basically all paired up, and they make this long, long code. And just one gene may have thousands of these sequences. And then we have how many thousand genes? And so to replicate, this would take forever. Imagine if you had to write down all the gene sequences, you know, all the base pairs and DNA that link together the, <laughs> you know, the G's and the C's and the A's and the T's and, and do that millions of times. Like it could take you years to copy all that down. And, and yet it happens, you know, in minutes in our body because we have these things called enzymes and these enzymes could not work without magnesium. Like legit, magnesium is a cofactor and it needs to bind to these enzymes to make them work. Like probably the most easily understandable enzymatic reaction that we have, which occurs millions of times throughout the day, 
is one that generates our cellular energy. You guys have heard of ATP, adenosine triphosphate. That's basically the currency, the energy currency of all of our cells. And to actually make that occur, you need magnesium. Like this cofactor, magnesium is essential. Like you could not have energy in your cells. You could not have DNA, right, because of what we just talked about. But you also could not have energy from ATP without magnesium. Like we would literally, legit, definitively be dead without magnesium. So what do you think? Magnesium is a little bit important? Heck yeah. <laughs> Super important. It's involved in so many reactions. You know, back in the 60s, they thought it was about 300 um, enzymatic processes. So when you listen to other podcasts and hear it quoted in different articles, they always say this kind of roughly 300 enzymatic reactions. Well, since then, we've categorized at least another probably 200 and then on top of that, we found it to be important in, say, another couple hundred. So instead of these 300 different enzymatic reactions and processes in the body, it's literally much more than that. It's probably 600, 800, 1,000. So it's being every day discovered in a different you know, enzymatic process or reaction in the body, the role of magnesium. It's super, super important. And so many of us, in fact, some estimates say up to 80% of us in the Northern Hemisphere are deficient in magnesium. And more than 50% of all of us in the world are deficient in magnesium. Probably us North Americans are more so because we got the amazing, you know, American diet, which... <laughs> amazing is, you know, air quotes. It's, it's not that amazing, but it's very deficient in a lot of vitamins and minerals, especially magnesium. And also we can be deficient, even if we're trying to supplement, let's say with leafy greens, those dark, rich greens that contain magnesium, you know, the spinach and kale and Swiss chard and these things, the, you know, Kale and spinach and these things that we're growing today have way less magnesium than they used to 100 years ago because we've depleted our soil. Our soil is devoid of a lot of nutrients because of our modern agricultural techniques of monocropping, you know, where we just keep using the fields over and over for the same corn or the same soy or the same lettuce or spinach or kale, whatever, over and over and over again. We don't rotate as we used to. We don't organically farm that often on a big scale, you know, with natural fertilizers like manure and things. We're using, you know, pesticides like glyphosate and stuff like that that, you know, ain't good. And it, our soil gets depleted of many, many, many important nutrients. And magnesium is one of them. Also, a lot of, you know, Years past, we used to have magnesium in a lot of our water. Um, and nowadays, unfortunately, a lot of us live in places where the water has fluoride in it. And fluoride and magnesium, they sort of stick together and form, you know, a bond. And then we can actually use that magnesium fluoride. It's not available. Kind of snakes it, sequesters it, if you will, in scientific terms. It sort of takes it away from 
our ability to be able to use it. And so the magnesium that once we might have received from good old-fashioned high-quality artesian drinking water is just not as readily available. And so not only is our diet kind of lousy, but our water sources are often kind of lousy. And a lot of us also take medications that make it really hard to absorb magnesium, like any of us that may take something for reflux, heartburn, GERD, uh, dyspepsia, you know, that, that heartburn feeling or stomach acid issues. We might take a over-the-counter medicine, Prilosec, Pepsid, Zantac, any of these things or, or you know, other Tums and things like that. Basically, anything that, that changes the pH in our stomach and makes it less acidic makes it harder to absorb magnesium. Magnesium is supposed to be, you know, um, more easily to absorb, and it is with a low pH or an acidic stomach. Our stomachs were meant to be acidic for a lot of reasons. <laughs> and this is one of them because it helps with the absorption of certain things like magnesium. When we change that pH and raise it with all these antacids, it makes magnesium hard to absorb. So that's... Uh, <laughs> One of those ways that we're just not getting getting it like we used to. Also, a lot of medications will um, decrease the absorption of magnesium. A lot of the blood pressure medicines, like uh, any of the diuretics, you know, the ones that make you pee, like the thiazide diuretics, for example. HCTZ is a common one. Um, other medications, including a lot of antibiotics, make it hard to uh, be able to absorb magnesium. Um, so, so these things that we've done, we're making it harder for ourselves to get the magnesium out of either our diet or our water, or even if you're taking a supplement, you know, these things make it harder to be able to absorb. And so why do we need magnesium anyway? I mean, we talked about at the outset, the importance with enzymatic processes, with ATP, you know, that cellular energy currency that we use in every single cell we need magnesium, basically. But, but what kind of, you know, ways do we notice this kind of when the quote-unquote, you know, rubber meets the road? Like, how do we even tell if we're magnesium deficient? Because actually, in the body, magnesium is largely found in the bones. You know, roughly 60% of it is in the bones. Another 40% is in the tissues, you know, like the muscle tissue, for example, Magnesium is super important in the transmission of nerve impulses and the firing of the nerves that basically cause our muscles to contract. You know, you heard of the magnesium transporters that help. Um, they're basically cofactors in, in these transporters that help them pump sodium and potassium and calcium, you know, um, against the gradient so that they can, you know, when you, when you have a nerve conduction, you know, the sodium channel opens and then whoosh, sodium rushes into the cell. And then at the end of the day, you got to kick the sodium back out of the cell because naturally there's more sodium outside of the cell, right? There's more potassium inside of the cell. And to restore that balance, magnesium is used in this transport, this process. Same thing in the muscle with calcium. Uh, super important. So, so when you are low, even though the blood test may not reflect it, because remember, only about 1% of your total body magnesium, that's it, a smidge, 1% is located in the blood. So if you do a blood test and it says, oh, your magnesium is normal, well, uh, your total body magnesium, the other 99% could be really, really low, even though they're doing everything they can to compensate to keep your blood level at a normal level, right? Because 
you got to have the appropriate level in your blood because if not, you have all kinds of issues with nerve conduction, the uh, conduction of impulses to your heart, so your heart beats properly. You know, with a low magnesium, you can have all kind of heart, um, what we call dysrhythmias, you know, those irregular rhythms and those funky beating in their, your chest palpitations and things. It's super important for heart muscle function. Magnesium super important for your cranium, for your your brain and your brain health, so important for that. Oh, my gosh, super important. It affects our ability to think clearly. It helps our ability at the end of the day to sleep well. You know, you've heard of GABA. That's the inhibitory neurotransmitter in the brain. Magnesium sort of uh, works with GABA so that at the end of the day we can be calm. We can get a good restful sleep. And if we have low magnesium, we may not sleep well. Right, I talked about it in my last podcast. Magnesium helps with sleep. In fact, even as recently as yesterday, I recommended it to a patient because they weren't sleeping well and wanted a prescription for, you know, a sleeping pill, like maybe Ambien or something like that. And I kind of discussed all the ways that those sleeping pills are not awesome, especially, you know, this patient was quite elderly, um, and those medicines have even more of a potential negative impact in the elderly. I certainly didn't want to be prescribing any, you know, 90-year-old a sleeping pill that was going to maybe make her delirious and, and, you know, forgetful and make her, you know, wake up in the middle of the night, you know, groggy, confused, and then fall down and break a hip or something. So what did I recommend? I recommended magnesium. So magnesium helps with sleep. It helps with our mood. You know, if we're deficient in magnesium, it's been shown that we have an increased chance of getting all kinds of mood issues, anxiety, you know, edgy panic, you know, panic attacks, anxiety, even depression. It's been linked to depression. Low magnesium has been linked to depression. It's also been used for the treatment of such disorders. There's a study that comes to mind where they compared, um, one of the tricyclic antidepressants, I think it was amipramine or desipramine, head-to-head with magnesium for depression in um, a certain population and head-to-head. I mean, this was basically the pharmaceutical versus natural magnesium. And the magnesium did just as well as, guess what? The pharmaceutical magnesium was just as well for treatment of depression in this certain population. So magnesium is super important. For your brain, super important for your heart. Uh, it's actually important, believe it or not, uh, uh, with um, folks, kids especially, that, that may be at risk for ADHD. Low magnesium is shown to increase that risk. So make sure your kids are getting appropriate magnesium. is super helpful for them and their brain function as well. Super important in your body's overall control of inflammation. Folks that are low in magnesium tend to have higher levels of inflammation, higher levels of insulin resistance, which means they're more prone to diabetes, prediabetes. You know, if you look at studies of diabetic individuals in general, they tend to be low on magnesium. Um, Also, magnesium is involved not only in your, you know, muscles like this that you contract and lift weights, but, but also in your heart muscle, your muscles that are in the blood vessel walls. And magnesium may actually help lower blood pressure as well, because it's kind of got that relaxing effect, helps the musculature relax, and it could lower your blood pressure. In folks with hypertension already, those that have high blood pressure, if you're 
a normal individual and you don't have high blood pressure, you don't have to worry about magnesium lowering your pressure to where it's going to make it dangerous or anything. That's just not likely, but it may decrease your chances of getting high blood pressure. So magnesium is a good natural blood pressure, uh, um, you know, control sort of, you know, it will lower your blood pressure. So it helps with blood pressure. It may also decrease your risk of um, other cardiovascular diseases, you know, the narrowing of the arteries, the elevated blood pressure that causes heart attacks and stroke. Magnesium may actually benef be beneficial for this, not only acutely when you're having issues, you know, we often give magnesium, like in the hospital, for example. I give it at work probably every single day in an IV for certain heart dysrhythmia problems, you know, things like atrial fibrillation. Um, I also give it to treat a really bad asthma attack because once again, it relaxes those muscular breathing tubes, you know, the bronchi, the bronchioles, because they kind of tighten up in asthma. And then when you give them magnesium, it kind of relaxes those muscular walls of the airways. And instead of breathing through those tiny little tubes, it opens them up so you can breathe more easily. I give it for also folks that are at risk for seizure, like that are pregnant in this condition called preeclampsia, I give IV magnesium. Um, I give it for migraines. Um, remember, it's involved with brain health. It relaxes blood vessels. Often migraines are caused by the spasming, you know, vasospasm in the little blood vessels in the head. I personally am actually prone to migraines, and they suck, man. I mean, you guys have had migraines. My heart goes out to you, man. And you just want to curl up in a ball, pull those blackout curtains and be gone to the world. No noise, you know, no lights, and it's miserable. But magnesium, not only do I use it in the ER as a physician to treat acute severe migraine, I give it right there IV, and it works fabulously, but also it's amazing as a preventative. And so I've been taking magnesium for a few years, and it's it's been really helping decrease my incidence or the frequency that I get migraines. And one migraine can be debilitating. I don't want to be having them, you know, once a week or once every other day like I used to. I don't get them nearly as often. And magnesium has been one of those just key blessings and sort of life hacks that I've found. And we'll talk about which supplements, you know, I recommend as far as what types. There's several different types of magnesium out there. They have different purposes. They're definitely not all created equal. We'll get to that a little bit later in the podcast. But the other cool thing, which a lot of us, weren't aware of, even I wasn't until recently, that vitamin um, D and magnesium are kind of linked. Um, in order to be able to take vitamin D in your body to make it its active form, you know, the vitamin D3, you actually need magnesium. So some people have low, you know, active vitamin D, and this can be potentiated or worsened by having low magnesium. So Remember one of my favorite vitamins, you guys, you guys will love my favorite vitamins, right? M, N, and D are my favorites, right? M for movement, N for nature, and D, sunlight, you know, vitamin D, it just has so many amazing effects, you know, decreasing inflammation, decreasing rates of cancer, decreasing obesity, decreasing your risk of getting sick, you know, it helps you and your immune function. So I love vitamin D, but in order to have that working appropriately, Guess what? Like these other six or 800 enzymatic processes that it's involved in, it's involved with vitamin D. So magnesium is crucial. It's also involved with calcium, with potassium. 
if you have low, let's say potassium, for example, you're never going to be able to fix that if you don't fix your magnesium first because magnesium is so key, so essential, and levels of calcium, potassium are basically going hand in hand with that. So you've got to fix the magnesium deficiency first to be able to address a low potassium problem or a low calcium problem. You know, you don't want to take calcium and magnesium in the same swallow, right? Because they're both positive, what we call cations, and they'll potentially compete with one another for absorption. But take them at different times of the day if you need to also take calcium, for example. You don't want to take them in the same swallow. So that's another little pearl for you that you weren't bargaining for. <laughs> but um, it's super important. Um, we all know that uh, many of us have suffered or know somebody who has suffered with things like constipation. Uh, low magnesium can be the cause of this. And one of the many treatments is something that you guys have all heard of, mag citrate or magnesium citrate. And that works amazing for constipation. True story. A couple of years ago, sweetest, sweetest elderly guy, super sharp with it, bright elderly guy, took care of his probably in his 80s. And he came in and he was really, really constipated. He didn't know that's what he was exactly. He just knew he was having left lower quadrant you know, abdominal pain, it was severe, and he hadn't pooped in a few days, and he was literally in a bunch of pain. I gave him some magnesium citrate, you know, some IV fluids and things, and made sure he didn't have any other worse problems like a bowel obstruction. Turns out he just had bad constipation. I recommended the magnesium. Uh, it happened to be the magnesium citrate because that draws water into the bowels, and it helped him make bowel movements, and he sent me the sweetest, sweetest thank you card, um, and I, I still keep it to this day because it was so sweet. It came from this cool elderly guy. He was in his 80s, and he wrote just a one-liner for me. He said, your recommendation for my problem with number two, right? Bowel movement is number two. Number one is you got to pee. If you got to go number two, you got to poop that it fixed my number two, which was his constipation. And he just said, thank you so much. <laughs> it was such the sweetest thing. So magnesium can be effective in constipation. Um, it's also been shown to be so helpful if you have problems with muscle cramps, you know, muscle cramps or tremor or these kinds of things. What often people don't realize, everybody thinks, oh, you're getting muscle cramps. You must be low on potassium, right? Everybody always blames it on potassium. Guess what? You come to the ER, check your potassium, it's almost never low. There is a rare familial you know, hypokalemia condition that causes that, but most people don't have that. And, and what actually happens, like I mentioned in my last podcast, often we're just dehydrated. When we're having cramps, we might just need some more salt. We might need some more salt. We might need some more hydration. Certainly, magnesium will help you. Magnesium will absolutely help you. And remember, even if you're eating potassium, if you don't have your magnesium up to speed, the potassium ain't, ain't going to even do much for you. So magnesium has been shown to be helpful with muscle cramps. Interestingly enough, it's also been shown in a great, you know, major way to be helpful in exercise performance and recovery. There's um, a famous Olympic coach, and I'm spacing on his name at the moment, but but one of the most commonly recommended supplements that he would have his Olympians take, and these are super high-performing athletes, to be at the top of their game was none other than magnesium. And so a lot of people, you know, don't appreciate this. They think, oh, maybe it's for little cramps here and there, but it actually will improve your exercise performance. Because remember, it's a cofactor in these six or 800 enzymatic processes in the body 
The number one of which is what? The production of ATP, adenosine triphosphate, the main energy source of our whole body is dependent upon magnesium. So this coach knew that little bit of physiology and he was recommending the appropriate magnesium supplementation for his Olympian um, you know, colleagues, or, or I should say those that he was coaching, um, his patrons, and they found tremendous increases in their stamina, their ability to go hard without cramping up because they added this one simple thing, magnesium. <laughs> Isn't that cool? I mentioned a little bit magnesium's effect with helping sleep. If we're magnesium deficient, we may suffer from ins- in- la 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 la. insomnia. Also, magnesium um, at, at a deficiency level can be contributing to women's uh, PMS. And if they take magnesium, um, they can decrease the chance that they'll get PMS or they can take it during that time period. If they're having PMS, magnesium will greatly help to relax those bad you know, pelvic cramps. In a similar way, it would relax your muscle cramps. So magnesium is super helpful in PMS symptoms. I already mentioned uh, for migraines, um, sports, you know, endurance, performance also helps with reducing asthma exacerbations. I talked about that already. So there's just so many useful things um, that uh, magnesium can do for us. And, and most of it is not appropriately appreciated. It's amazing that, that we don't know more about this. I mean, it's literally the most important or, well, I'll just say it. For me, I, I really feel like it's probably the most important mineral that we have in our bodies. It's the mighty mineral, right? It's the (laughs) magnificent magnesium. It's so, so, so important. And many of us just don't even realize um, that we may have a deficiency. And if you've had any of these things that I've mentioned, you know, you may have a magnesium deficiency because it's involved in so many enzymatic processes, you know, and it can be helpful in so many things if we um, enhance our magnesium absorption through what we're taking in in our diet. If we supplement, you know, we can help treat all these conditions I mentioned. It can be helpful for mood. It can be helpful for blood pressure. It can be helpful uh, for performance, you know, our exercise performance. Um, it helps regulate, as mentioned, vitamin D and calcium. You know, it helps us build healthy bones. Um, There's studies, as mentioned, where it can help fight depression. Um, It has anti-inflammatory benefits. It's even been shown to help with triglyceride and and cholesterol levels. And and basically, the key thing, in addition that it's been shown to be helpful with, is with insulin sensitivity, right? It's been shown to be helpful to decrease the incidence of diabetes and insulin resistance, Um, and so it's, it's crazy how many benefits we can get. There's a study that's uh, looking at this uh, role with insulin resistance. And what they found is that uh, when adding magnesium to the diet, that uh, they found insulin resistance go down, blood sugar levels also go down and stabilize, both in diabetics and non-diabetics. Because I think what most of us don't realize, and next week when I interview um, our next guest, which I think you guys are going to be super pumped to hear from. Um, He's studied this ad nauseum. He's made it his life pursuit. This is Dr. Ben Bickman 
on studying insulin resistance, what he's found is that probably 85% of North Americans, 85%, like almost all of us, have some degree of insulin resistance. And one of the things that we can do to decrease that insulin resistance is to have appropriate magnesium in our diet. That's been shown. Um, So it's crazy. There's just (laughs) so many ways that magnesium helps us on a day-to-day basis, both to avoid things like diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, insomnia. It helps us avoid all those things, but it also enhances so many things. It enhances our mental clarity and sharpness. It enhances our ability to relax and sleep. It decreases you know, anxiety and, and panic and all these mood disorders. It, it enhances our body's ability to be able to use energy. We can be more energetic if we have appropriate magnesium, right? Because it's used in all these enzymatic processes, used for the, for the um, making and using of the primary cellular fuel, which is ATP. Like, we got to have magnesium. So where do we get it? Where do we get it? Let's start with the food. The food's kind of fun. Um, so primarily, most people have heard of those deep green, you know, love green, right? I always got a green shirt on. They, I, got, I got a greenish hue to my eye. So green is my favorite. And green is the color you want in these deep greens of your vegetables if you're looking for foods rich in magnesium. Like back in the good old days where you saw, you know, Popeye and he would kind of flex and, and show off his giant forearms and things. What was he eating? <laughs> well, he was eating spinach. And spinach, the reason it's so helpful, because remember I said it boosts exercise performance? And the reason being because it is full of magnesium. Also, um, Swiss chard, um, other deep greens, you know, like kale, and, and even other lettuces have, have some magnesium. Pumpkin seeds, you can get 46% of the recommended daily allowance in a quarter cup of pumpkin seeds. Here's one that I know all you ladies out there for sure, a few of you dudes too are going to love. Dark chocolate. Like, who wouldn't want an excuse to eat some dark chocolate? Well, dark chocolate, guess what? It's rich in magnesium. You can get, you know, it's got to be like 70 to 80% cacao, so it's not this cheap Hershey's chocolate. This is the bona fide, legit dark chocolate. 70 to 85% cacao has 33% of the recommended daily allowance in 3.5 ounces. So you eat kind of a good-sized chocolate bar, you get all your magnesium for the day. Now, I'm not saying to eat a big chocolate bar every day because you got to watch the other stuff that comes with it, the sugars and things like that. But if you want to have a little dark chocolate, here's, here's a little excuse. You can get some extra magnesium. Black beans, which I ate <laughs> for three meals a day for two years when I was in Guatemala. I have lots of uh, <laughs> magnesium. Uh, quinoa, halibut. Here's my favorite, almonds. Cashews, you know, these, these nuts have a good amount of magnesium, mackerel. Um, and coming down to my other green favorite, it's not really a vegetable, it's more of a fruit, but the avocado. Once again, another brilliant <laughs> reason to eat an avocado every day. Thank you, Dr. Marcola. I love your book, Fat for Fuel, with the avocado on the cover. And I just love avocados. Avocados are the bomb. And not only do they have the awesome natural saturated fat that you need, the good kind of fat, but they got a good amount of magnesium. Eat a couple of avocados a day like I do, and it's going to 
help you in a bunch of ways. So avocados, the deep green leafies, um, dark chocolate, some of the beans, some fish, uh, like I mentioned, halibut, mackerel, salmon, um, edamame. Here in Hawaii, you guys know edamame, the soybean. Um, we have a, an appetizer at a lot of restaurants that puts some different uh, peppers and salts and, and kind of spice in there, and it's one of my favorites. I actually try not to, not to eat a lot of soy, but I, I do like edamame when it's seasoned this way. I just I love it, and it does have a good amount of magnesium. Cultured yogurt uh, has magnesium as well, too, tofu. So it's, it's contained in a lot of foods, but remember that nowadays, because we have magnesium-deficient soil, we may not be getting as much of it as we used to. So so sometimes, in fact, often, even for me, I've had to supplement. I, I try to eat a bunch from my diet because first and foremost, I think getting it naturally is number one, but I also supplement, and we'll talk about um, a couple of different ones because there's more than one. It's It's not really that challenging or difficult, but when you first go to buy some, you might run to your favorite GNC or whatever, and pick up a bottle of magnesium chloride or magnesium oxide. That's a common one. And you're like, wow, I can get a thousand capsules for like 10 bucks. That's awesome. Well, (laughs) not awesome because magnesium oxide, for example, only about 4% of it is bioavailable. So most of it you can't even absorb at all. And it's just going to you know, you try to take more of it, what happens? You get diarrhea. And so it's not very bioavailable. It's not good really for, um, you know, being able to replace your magnesium. It might be good to help you have a bowel movement. So if that's what you're looking for, you know, the magnesium oxide, magnesium chloride, magnesium uh, citrate, those are all helpful for constipation, but they're not very bioavailable. For the ones that you actually can get the magnesium out of and use it in your body, they're basically all the magnesiums that end in eight right? Magnesium glycinate, magnesium orotate, magnesium malate, magnesium threonate. Um, these are sort of all the ones that you can basically use. Magnesium torate, I can't remember if I said that yet, but those are the ones that your body can actually absorb because they're coupled with an amino acid and that makes them more bioavailable. And so each one of those has kind of a a different function. So like for me, for example, I take more than one magnesium supplement, I actually take three. Um, and you might be like, wow, that's kind of overkill. Well, like I said, like 80% of us are deficient and it's almost impossible to get a magnesium overdose because you're going to stop before you overdose because guess why? Yeah, well, because you're going to be having a lot of <laughs> diarrhea and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I got to stop this. I'm taking too much. That's how you know you're taking too much if you're having a bunch of diarrhea. You know, the <laughs> that's the common side effect is uh, lots of diarrhea. And so it's actually pretty hard to overdose on me- on magnesium. So you don't really have to worry about that too much. Um, and what I would look for is first kind of decide, you know, what it is, your, what goal do you want to accomplish? Like for me, one of my goals was I wanted to have less migraines. And so um, the magnesium form that tends to be absorbed better into your cranium in the brain is, is the formulation um, called magnesium 3 and 8, and that's more bioavailable. It actually crosses the blood-brain barrier, magnesium 3 and 8, so it's awesome for migraine prevention. It's a little bit more expensive. It's definitely, you know, more so than 
magnesium oxide or what have you, but it works way better, much more bioavailable. Um, great for mental clarity, great for sleep. So that's magnesium three and eight. I do supplement with that. There's also another one called magnesium glycinate. So it's coupled with glycine, the amino acid. It makes it more bioavailable. And that's a great one as well um, for things like muscle cramps, things like it also helps with sleep. It can help um, uh, with muscle function, metabolism, uh, glycinate. It's kind of a, it's not as pricey as three and eight. So I actually started supplementing initially with magnesium uh, glycinate because it was way better than the cheap stuff, magnesium oxide, and it works way better. Um, and it, it did help me, um, but I found that I needed an extra boost of magnesium, so I added magnesium 3 and 8 to that. So I do magnesium glycinate, magnesium 3 and 8, um, because it crosses the blood-brain barrier. There's also, some of us want to just absorb a little bit topically, and they have some gels and sprays that you can get. Or, I forgot to mention at the outset, like, one of the first uses ever for magnesium was way back when in ancient Greece where they had a town called Magnesia, you know, where they had a huge deposit, natural deposit of magnesium. And what did they use that magnesium salt for? You guessed it. Those amazing Greek baths. They'd put a couple of scoops of this magnesium salt in there, which is basically magnesium sulfate. What we now know is Epsom salt. It's magnesium. Go figure. No wonder it helps you relax. <laughs> Magnesium's awesome for that, right? Take it at the end of the day, do an Epsom salt bath, take a couple of capsules of magnesium 3 and 8 and have the best sleep of your life. And it all started thousands of years ago back in ancient Greece. So that, isn't that cool? Magnesium, that's magnesium sulfate or Epsom salt. There's actually another one if you're a big performance, uh, you know, folks, guys and gals that go to the gym and you want to get your best muscular performance, magnesium malate tends to be super helpful with uh, muscle uh, remember how I mentioned that you need the magnesium as a cofactor to get muscle function to be at tippy top, like this Olympian coach always recommended. That would be magnesium malate, super helpful for that. Also helps relieve muscle cramps. Okay, magnesium orotate is a similar one. It's helpful metabolically and helpful with the muscles. Magnesium orotate. Um, so that's another one that's out there that's good for those fitness buffs out there and. Um, I think the last one we talked about, uh, or we will talk about, is magnesium taurate. And that's also one that helps with sort of the calming of your central nervous system. It helps enhance GABA. So magnesium taurate, T-A-U-R-A-T-E, is helpful for that respect. So lots of different magnesiums out there. Um, unfortunately, most people don't know much about the differences, and they go out and buy the cheapest one, which is usually magnesium oxide, which... Like, it's almost not even bioavailable. It's only about 4% bioavailable. And, and I recommend people start with 1 to 2 grams a day. And then when they start getting diarrhea, they can kind of back off a little bit, then slowly add up to. I personally take, um, almost every day I take 2 grams. Sometimes if I'm having a migraine, I'll take 3 grams a day. But my baseline, I take about 2 grams a day of magnesium. And so I'm taking some in the morning. I'm taking some in the evening. If I have a migraine, I'll take some during the day. And it's not going to make you, like, groggy and tired. Remember, it's a cofactor in all these enzymatic processes, and it just enhances your body's ability um, to perform its normal function. So it's not going to, like, put you to sleep or anything. You can take magnesium in the day. But if you're specifically trying to help um, 
yourself, you know, get better sleep, I would take either magnesium three and eight or magnesium uh, glycinate at bedtime. Take about a gram of that every evening, coupled with a little Epsom salt bath, right? That's going to be pretty epic and just relax. (laughs) So at the end of the day, this mighty mineral magnesium is so awesome. Personally, it's helped me with my sleep. It's helped me with my migraines. It's helped me with my mood, you know, to decrease stress and anxiety. It's actually helped with muscle cramps since I've been supplementing. And I don't know. I mean, I used to wake up sometimes in the middle of the night with those just wicked calf cramps. You know, um, some people get that. Some people get restless leg. And you know what helps more than anything? Magnesium. I even give it to people in the ER when they come in. Sometimes they'll come in with a horrible cramp. And it's not IV potassium that I give these guys. It's IV magnesium. And it universally helps because it is involved in literally hundreds and hundreds of reactions in our body. And it just has such tremendous benefit and almost no side effects, really. And like I said, it's pretty hard to overdose on magnesium. I mean, you're going to stop before you get there because you're going to be having diarrhea, right? You're going <laughs> to be running to the bathroom. So you're not going to let yourself, you know, get get to the point where you're going to overdose. So if you're one of the 75 to 85% of us that may have a magnesium deficiency because you suffer from any of those things that we've talked about, go ahead and pick up a supplement. Um, if you want just a quick go-to one, you don't want to spend a whole lot of money, you want one that's going to be effective, I would say get some magnesium glycinate. Um, that one tends to be pretty effective, absorbed pretty well, and it's not going to break the bank. If you're looking for more um, brain health stuff, magnesium 3 and 8, more muscular performance stuff, magnesium malate or orotate. Um, So anyway, (laughs) magnesium is awesome. It's helped me so much. I can't even tell you how grateful I am to have really discovered it a couple of years ago, and I take it every single day, and I hope that you'll be able to also benefit from its amazing effects, which are literally throughout the whole body. We cannot live one day without magnesium. So just want you guys to know you're amazing. You're awesome. You are valuable. There's only one of you out there. You know, there's only one of you. You're here for a reason. If you're stressed out during these weird, difficult pandemic times, try to get a good night's sleep supplements and magnesium. Hey, like we learned today, take an Epsom salt bath. You'll never know how how much better you may feel after a good old fashioned. Even dudes can benefit from this. My, my wife has shown me this, an Epsom salt bath and a good night's sleep, a couple of magnesium supplements. You'd be surprised. You're going to wake up feeling refreshed, energized, ready to tackle the world performing better. It's going to be amazing. So magnesium is key. It's crucial. I don't call it the magnificent mineral for nothing. It's amazing. It's awesome. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Please share this podcast about magnesium, friends, family, loved ones, because 85% of us can benefit. (laughs) I didn't know it, but I found that it was me too. I needed, I needed a little extra magnesium in my life and it's helped me so much. And so I thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Reach out to me, modern medicine, movement, podcast.com, modern medicine, movement, health and wellness, Facebook group. And you can email me old school, modern medicine movement podcast at Gmail. Love you guys. Thanks for sharing and a big aloha.